Do you know how much your subscriptions cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash OC. That's rocketmoney.com slash OC. Rocketmoney.com slash OC. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Welcome to the OC Bitches ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Bye, bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches. Today is season four, episode five, The Sleeping Beauty. Hey, Rachel. How are you? Oh, hi. Today's guest is Brandon Quinn, who OC fans know as Spencer Bullet. Brandon, he's been pretty busy since the OC, appearing on several shows, including Entourage, Rebel, and The Fosters. He's currently on a Netflix series called Sweet Magnolias. Hmm, we know that show. <laughs> that wrapped season three at the end of October and should air mid-spring 2023. You can also check him out on Die Heart, the movie with Kevin Hart, airing on Prime on February 24th with a limited theatrical release and on A Wing and a Prayer with Dennis Quaid and Heather Graham that will be theatrically released. Welcome, Brandon. You are so busy. Thank you. <laughs> so good to see you both. Appreciate you having me on. We are so happy you're here. And I was saying, like, I didn't get to work with you or meet you when you did the show, but I'm watching you now because I'm rewatching it. And you are quite, quite good. Quite fun yes. to watch. Wow. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon when you revisit a show you did early on in your career. Um, I think sometimes it's hard enough to watch yourself. But then when you watch yourself when you were first starting out, it's... <laughs> I, uh, you know, watched this for the first time, as I was saying, since it aired. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I have some thoughts. But uh, <laughs> thank you for the compliments. And uh, it brought back a lot of great memories. Oh, wonderful. I did not remember this, that you had a new, you had a baby girl when we were shooting this. And now she's 17 and she just watched it with you. Or had she seen the show before? She you knows this is the first time. In fact, she's like, what's the OC? Oh, and I go, I was like, okay, how can I put this in terms you would understand? Think of Outer Banks, but 15, 16 years ago. I'm like, it was really that. I mean, it was everything. If you were uh, a teenager or a young adult, you know what the OC was. Right. And she's like, oh, really? And you were on it? Yes. <laughs> Which uh, I have to preface, my kids couldn't care less about what I do. Don't watch anything I've ever done, except my daughter loves the Fosters. But normally like, oh, cool, dad, awesome, have fun at work, whatever, right. you know, uh, so they, they're not too enamored with it, which I, I guess is fine. How did this acting thing start for you? Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up in, um, in Aurora, Colorado. I grew up in a, like a pretty rough neighborhood and I got into a lot of trouble. I, I was expelled from schools and, and. You were um, Ryan. Uh, yeah. I, literally, <laughs> literally. Right. Um, there's, I can relate heavily to the, to his character and, and I didn't have a lot of direction. One thing that was a constant in my life was, was sports and extracurricular activities. So I thought maybe I'd go to college 
and, you know, pursue something that had to do with sports or whatever. But really, I had no direction whatsoever. The summer going into my junior year, I got into a really bad car accident. Mm. Flipped the car doing 80 miles an hour, got thrown from the car. I mean, one of those, truly one of those lucky to be alive stories. Mm. And (laughs) this is over. So I, it was about three months after the accident. I'm sitting in my basement. It was a Sunday afternoon. And I have a cast on my wrist and a cast on my leg. And it, I had been stale enough to where I was just getting like, I was getting antsy and uh, a bit depressed. And it was the middle of the winter. And, and I, I was watching Baywatch of all shows. And it was the first time I remember ever watching something and thinking, that's so weird. That's someone's job. That's what they do for a living. That's wait, acting, right? That's a job. That's, that's what, I mean, obviously this isn't real. It's the first time I'd ever like put the two of them together, I guess, before I just watched it for face value and didn't really think much of it. And associated with it was this, I don't know, the only way I can really describe it is almost like this spiritual feeling. I just started to feel really hot <laughs> and good and warm. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. And I don't know if it was the Do way you think that, it was the bathing you know, suits. Of course, that's the classic line that everybody says, and it very well could have been. It also could have been the warm weather and the palm trees and the the sand. I I don't know. Maybe it was the way they depicted California. It was the antithesis to where I lived and grew up. But either way, I remember that feeling so distinctly and and also uh, just feeling like uh, it is something I pondered. I was like, huh, acting, that's weird. But it was not like this sort of, ooh, I want to do that. It was so polar opposite to who I was and, and the environment sort of that I was in. Wow. Anyways, a few months later, I remember hobbling down the hallways with my crutches and I I stopped and there was a, a poster on the wall for an audition for the play 12 Angry Men. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys are mm-hmm. familiar with mm-hmm. it. Really, really great play. The script is phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, not even knowing what an audition really was, I decided at that moment that I was going to audition for this play. And I don't remember the preparation leading up to it. I don't remember memorizing anything or preparing anything. I just remember my name being called and all the thespians are in the theater. And, and I remember hobbling down, not having a single friend in, in that group. And I remember hearing all the whispers of, you know, my fellow classmates being like, what the hell is Brandon doing in here? I mean, it was like so out of place for me to be in there and auditioning and uh, ultimately getting the lead role of the play. Mm. And uh, and it's a funny thing. I, I remember our first rehearsal and, and our theater teacher saying, all right, first things first, here's your scripts, these are your roles, go home, highlight your roles, start memorizing. In a week, we're going to start blocking it out. And I was like, cool, that's good. I mean, easy peasy. And I remember going home and I'll never forget. I had a green highlighter and I went through the page. I was like, I was juror number eight. I'm like, oh, cool. Start this thing off. That's awesome. And then I in another page and I'm highlighting some more. And then another page and I'm high. And before I know it, I've, I've highlighted the whole script. And then it's like, I mean, it's, it's like I have to memorize this entire script. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there is no way I'm doing this. <laughs> and I walked upstairs and I told my mom that I wasn't going to do it. And she was like, yeah, no, you're not. You already committed. You better get, you better get downstairs and get to work. I did. And I memorized that whole thing. And, and I remember uh, our opening night on the closing bow. I just remember bowing and thinking to myself, ah, I don't know how, but I want to do this for the rest of my life. But mm-hmm. something happened to me on that stage. And, and that's sort of where it began. That's wow. sort of where it began. 
Fantastic story mm-hmm. and, in, and a very ambitious play for high school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, very ambitious. And yeah. I would like to think it turned out fantastically, but I, I doubt it did. <laughs> did you actually, and it's hard to find 12 angry men in high school. Is it? <laughs> so we, we actually, yeah. <laughs> we, take, we change it to 12 angry people, people because we okay. had both men and women. Oh, uh, that's good. Boys and girls, I guess you could say. That would do well, that. I think there's more no. male actors, I bet, in in high school, in, in, or at least in my theater group. There was probably more females, I, I guess. In my, there might be more male. male yeah, I don't people. remember. So. I, I Honestly, it's so weird how... Uh, the things our memory, our brain yeah. decides to remember. Um, uh, there's very little of that time, but I know I just, I did theater through the rest of high school and then did yeah. a showcase in Denver and made it out to LA because of that. Wow. Do you remember getting the job um, on the OC or was that an audition? I actually do. It's one <laughs> of those rare jobs. Well, here's what I remember about it. I don't remember the actual call, but I, I actually remember my last audition, but I remember walking into a room I believe he had like a white beard, long white hair. Does that sound familiar? Oh. One of the producers. Who was, was it Ian? It would have been Ian Toynton. Okay. Was it white? Yeah, white. Everything yes. white. Yes. Yes. Him. <laughs> so I specifically remember him in the audition. Yes. And I walk in and I'm, I'm like, I'm new to acting at this point. I mean, I had gotten lucky and I was in LA for maybe a year and I'd booked the lead of this show and lived in Montreal for four years and we shot several episodes, but it was a goofy comedy and it was so different from, you know, the OC. So I was, I was figuring things out and and I walk into the room, I do my audition and it's, it's Ian and, and uh, obviously Patrick and a bunch of other people. And Ian's just kind of like, he's looking at me and I'm just standing there super uncomfortable. (laughs) And he's like, do you know how to play tennis? And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I definitely played in high school and, and I play in my free time and, you know, the, <laughs> the, the things actors do to get a job, right? Um, and he's like, yeah, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my dad, he used to play in college. And so we would all, we always play together and da 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 all this stuff. And, uh, and he's like, all right, okay, thank you, thank you. And, uh, and I remember getting the call and thinking, Oh shit, man! I gotta learn how to play tennis. <laughs> Big life. <laughs> and, so, and so I remember going to the Toluca Lake Country Club because a friend of mine uh-huh. had uh, a membership there, and getting a, a a racket and just him and I just playing for hours before before I started filming. That's awesome. So it was sort of a crash course. And now, of course, when I watched it, I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not a tennis. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit around that. It was fine. I believed it. Let's get into this episode. Yes. Yeah, so the synopsis: right. Ryan can't sleep, and a smitten tailor tries to seduce seduce him. Sorry, I just was like Rachel from Friends. Uh, tries to seduce him by becoming his sleep therapist. Meanwhile, Seth vows not to call Summer, and Caitlin struggles when Julie has a fling with her tennis instructor. Written by John Stevens, directed by Ian Toynton. Original air date, November 30th, 2006. So Ian directed this, so that's why mm-hmm. he was there, and he's picturing mm-hmm. you. That's right. He's picturing yep. directing you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah right. It's all making sense. It all us. makes sense. So let's start with the Ryan Taylor Seth storyline. This is the big story. This is like, Brandon, we're all excited about, you know, in the last season, Marissa passed away, and now Ryan and Taylor has her sights on Ryan. 
she's going for. We're him. not excited that Marissa passed away for the record. No, right. <laughs> Did I? Just to clarify, by the way. Just to Sorry. clarify. But we're excited yeah. about the Taylor Ryan storyline. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, you know, doing this podcast, we've become such fans because we're paying attention to every detail. And we just love Autumn Reeser and all the new characters. And you're part of that. And it's just, it's been season four. Rachel doesn't, I don't think Rachel's ever seen season four at all. No. So she's watching it for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I'm watching yeah, everything definitely. for the first time, for the most part, which right. is... I love that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of crazy. <laughs> Poor yeah. Ryan is battling insomnia and watching Bollywood. Seth comes down and, and I, he kind of declares that he's giving himself, he's decided a week off from calling Summer, even though I guess Summer doesn't really know that. And um, But he's going to stay up in solidarity with Ryan. And of course, you know, Seth ends up falling asleep. <laughs> and... <laughs> And uh, but Kirsten wakes him up. But you know what? Insomnia sucks. Have you guys ever had insomnia? I mean, it, it's I couldn't fall asleep last night. And it's like I sleep great every night. I don't know what it is. It's like my brain tells me, oh, you've got to get up. You've got to drive. And of course, yes. there's traffic. It's easy. I mean, I couldn't last night either. I, really? I could not. You were so asleep. excited about the podcast today. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was so excited. It's the worst. I actually don't have a lot of problems sleeping, but man, when you do and you discover a little bit of insomnia, it's it's absolute torture. It always happens on a Sunday night when you have to be on on set at five thirty in the morning. Yep. Oh yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Or your alarm isn't going to shut off. Or... Right. Ryan's yeah. not sleeping for like days though. Like, how does someone oh. actually right do that? Whew. It's one of those days. <laughs> there have been so many times in my life that life is actually hard and depressing and full of anxiety, too. And when that happens, it just it affects every part of my life and my relationships, too. That's when I realized it could help to talk to a therapist. But how do you get started? Well, Talkspace makes it easy to find a therapist. It's convenient to meet online, at home, or wherever you're most comfortable. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. Talkspace lets you send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for the next session. I love the convenience, first of all of being able to meet with a therapist online and find the right one for you. Therapy has done wonders for me these past few years. And doing it from the comfort of my home, I don't have to think about childcare. I don't have to think about making it somewhere and making it back to my kid's school even. So the convenience, convenience of it is awesome. Therapy can help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in difficult times, and be a guiding light. Talkspace can help with any specific challenges you might be facing it's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationship issues, and much more. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com OC. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com OC to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com OC. When it comes to health and nutrition, we've all got goals, but Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time eating well and living your best year yet. Look, I do love to cook, but not every night. So we just started our first week with Factor, and 
and we love it because right now we're doing the low carb thing after Christmas and their keto meals are perfect, perfect, perfect for us and delicious and so easy. There's no prep. And also Adam loves those smoothies. Mm-hmm. They're so yummy. Too busy to cook with factors. Skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping and cleaning up too. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. I'm such a fan. No, my favorite thing, not having to clean. Yeah. Is my absolute number one go-to. Also, Briar and I both loved the smoothies. They were super yummy, and I love having them ready to go. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Head to factormeals.com slash OC50 and use code OC50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code OC50 at factormeals.com slash OC50 to get 50% off your first box. In the meantime, you know, he's, um, Kirsten tells Seth, um, don't sleep on the couch, you know, when she wakes him up. Uh, And then they're, you know, they're there having coffee and um, Taylor shows up because they're talking (laughs) about a new name for new match. Which, um, Rachel, um, Brandon's character is going to become very involved in New Match. Oh, um, exciting. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it's kind of a, it's it's one of the better storylines. Or at least, <laughs> I like it. It was good. It was fun. <laughs> uh, but, t- you know, she, they're trying to figure out a name, not Love Shmov or Love is Nice, but she quotes Shakespeare. And then she insists on taking this coffee to Ryan. And she is so transparent, so obvious, where she drops, she's, she literally, I want to say she looks pretty, but she kind of looks like a bridesmaid or a prom, oh, prom dress. You know, hair, she's got her the yeah. hair. hair. It's a little much for eight in the morning, or right? <laughs> well, I think that's the whole point is like she's so done. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she shows up and tries to give him this coffee saying, thank you for getting me out of this jam because she's married to a French husband and all that. And it's a very sweet, you know, and she's like, no, seriously, you're so funny. And he's like, you can give me this, you know, hand me my shirt. And we're just noticing, Brandon, that, that you know, Ben or Ryan with Marissa has been this very melancholy and very tragic love, um, love story. And now this new matching is very different, but it's very, it's light. And we see Ryan slash Ben smiling a lot. And we're kind of all here for it. We're kind of standing it, right? Yep. You're loving it. We're really loving it. This is nice. It yeah. is. Nice and but, light. But as she and walks shirtless. in and his shirt is off, <laughs> she goes, easy girl. Okay. I know. <laughs> ben, looks, ben looks good. Wait, is your character, you're the one that says easy girl, right? Well, Taylor I say it later. It. Julie says you, it later. You say it. But oh, okay, okay. I think she says it and the writers like to, you know, repeat these things. But, okay. but you know, she's so endearing and she's so... You know, sometimes you feel so embarrassed for these characters. You know, have you ever noticed that, you know, when characters do these things, like she does a number of things, Taylor, in this episode where you feel embarrassed for her. And it's like, where you're just like, oh God, I can't believe she's doing that. But it's one of the things that just keeps us so, so like, you know, glued to the television because they, they're, mm-hmm. the writers are having so much fun writing for her. So then at the comic book store, Taylor's now trying to recruit Seth to help her attract Ryan. Like she's got a plan. She's like, and and we, we you find out if he wants me, if he wants to date. And and you can see Seth, he's just like, he gets beaten down by her. And he finally <laughs> agrees. And he does this head thing where he goes, Ugh. you know, he, he does this like, <laughs> fine, I'll call him. Calls Ryan. 
Ryan says, I don't know. I, no. And that's when Seth tells him, tells tells Taylor that he's he having know. trouble sleeping now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And because, because he literally, but she explains to Seth that, you know, when he, well, when he kissed her, it was like Dorothy and Oz. Everything became technicolor, <laughs> right? Mm. And he just gets so worn down for her. But she's not hearing him. She's like, I still need to know if he wants to, you know, he just gets worn down. But Wait, so I'm so sorry for my ignorance. Was, was Taylor married? So she's married. married right now. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> she got, she went Michelle. off to the Sorbonne and she got married to a French guy. And she's trying right. to divorce okay. him, and, and Ryan <laughs> helped her by pretending to be her lover. I think what the, we were going to see through this whole episode is that the writers keep putting the words in the characters' mouths of saying, you know, these two, it's a weird match. Why should you be together? And the audience is kind of saying right. the same thing, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she, yeah, she learns about the insomnia, so she has a whole new tactic, right? The next thing is where she calls him. At 3 a.m. 3 a.m., <laughs> And uh, she's telling him that she's going to help him overcome his insomnia. She wants to repay him for when he helped her with her weird French husband. Right. Ryan reluctantly agrees to meet her uh, at the diner the next morning after no sleep. Right. And that, yeah, when they're at this diner after she says four hours is not productive, which, by the way, is not very healthy. Mm. But (laughs) we all know sleep is good. (laughs) But she asks him all these questions, right? And she's like, listen, I need to. And then what's so funny Ryan or Ben did the same like head nod like okay it's like (laughs) I noticed I was like how did they just do the same thing and it was I I don't know if it's like she her portrayal or her persistence makes them say fine you know it's it's not like they don't dislike her but she is that that persistent puppy but she has this wonderful insight that we were talking about in another episode where she says is this related to Marissa and he says no it happened after Thanksgiving. She's like, ah, when you didn't have purpose anymore, your purpose every night was I need to get up and kill Volchok. And now you get up and you, if you don't have any purpose, what's the point of going to sleep? And he's like, wow, that's super insightful. I think Ryan is stuck. Like he doesn't know what to do right now and he doesn't have that purpose. And and these little things that she does, Ryan all of a sudden sees like, wow, that she's an interesting, intriguing person, unlike something that I ever thought, right? She's quite smart. She's smart. And of she course is. she shows up. She shows up to get keys from Ryan, which, you know, because she's going to set something up. But now Seth is like, this is wrong. <laughs> You're manipulating. Wait, You're going to seduce him. Right. But then Taylor always is taking the words out of people's mouths. She's like, oh, what? You're going to say I'm not right for him. I'm no Marissa, which is exactly what the audience is saying, I think. Don't you think? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah I think Character so. that speaks to the audience. That's right. She does that a lot in this episode. Well, and, and we know that Josh is very he's very sensitive to the audience and what they very. say. And he at this point, <laughs> you know, he already I think, you know, they kind of know that people are upset that that Marissa passed away and but we still have to we start we still have to move forward with our characters but we're not just going to make it hot and heavy we're going to do it with that meta you know that self-awareness of what's going on i mean that's the hope right that's the goal and you hope you can tell stories that truly uh, uh like give people insight into your own their own lives yeah you know and affect people i mean that's the dream right there 
we're taking them on a journey and it, you know, I've always said it's kind of, it's a manipulative journey because we've got music (laughs) and we've got characters and we're telling you how the music, it's really the music. Right. Right. You you could put sad music or funny music and the scene changes ultimately. I will make you feel how I want you to feel. That's right. That's director. Manipulation. (laughs) (laughs) But Taylor, like setting up this whole thing for Ryan (laughs) To help him sleep as his sleep... Th- I almost said sex therapist. <laughs> Whatever. Sleep therapist. It might as uh, well be. I might, mean... <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's where we're headed, right? All the candles. And then her, it's, she's like in her pajama top. I'm just like, oh, I can't get over her. But that's that's like when he's like, wait a second. Because the candles mean look like one thing. Yeah. And she's got literally that spa music of the birds chirping <laughs> going, you know. <laughs> but she's got this very... um unsexy pajama top on and he's like wait a second do you like me and she's like oh no 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 I like you as a friend that's a lie <sighs> and shall we start with a massage and a massage he, a massage <laughs> I don't know but, I don't know but apparently the next morning when Seth walks in with coffee and she's there and Seth is like not only is he like this is weird but it's almost like she's imposed herself on his morning ritual with his buddy. And when <laughs> yeah. she takes takes the coffee and he takes it back, like he's so annoyed by her. And Seth is like, this is just too weird. It's too much weird for me. I got to go. <laughs> and he almost seems pissed he at, when he walks out. You know, he likes things his way. Clearly, we're talking about Seth here. And he and Seth has been he's so much more mature now. He's so That's much true. more mature. That's true. Right. And then I love when Caitlin finds Taylor moping in her bedroom. Like this whole speech, I'm like, it's so funny. Caitlin's what, 15? And she's like, yeah. walk in front of him. Is he a butt guy? Like asking like. Yeah, because you've got a great butt. What do I do? Get dressed. She's like, really? You're so sweet. And when she <laughs> asked for a bee pheromone lipstick, and I'm like, was that a thing back then? It must have been something. I don't know. I bet it was. I bet it was. Uh, but, this, this is the, nothing I was asking for. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I do, I think what Norman was just saying in the last episode, he was telling us that they were really experimenting, which you can do on television, where you the writers experiment with these characters. Let's, let's have a scene with uh, Taylor and Caitlin and, and, and see what their chemistry is like, and then we can write for them further on. And I can see you can oh, see that in these episodes. We try to dissect what happens in 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 long long form television that you can mm-hmm. develop these characters, and they really are very cute together. Because Caitlin, you know, the fifteen year old's giving advice to everybody. She's way beyond <laughs> her years. She's definitely way beyond her years, as we see coming up when we open on this sleeping Julie. I was just saying, like, she's single and she's doing these wacky things. To me, it's like, what is Julie up to, you know? Well, the fact that you're doing it in the house where your daughter is witnessing some of it is like, as a mom, obviously, we're all parents. Like, could you imagine like a single mom just like, oh, my, this is right No, I letting dudes just traipse through. Well, okay, so she's 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 got some hot what she called a hot beefcake Bavarian guy, her her (laughs) trainer. And this scene is like, are you my new daddy? (laughs) <laughs> oh, best yeah. best line. But when Julie kicks him out of bed, yeah. I thought this was so she goes, Schnell, which is German for fast, like quick, go. <laughs> I, I like, didn't catch that. I was like, get out of there. That's so good. But when he walks out, any other kid would be like, What are you? And when yeah. she says, Are you my new daddy? 
But she is so unfazed by it. I, she, right. But then she says something that's really revealing when she says, if my mom wants to stay out at clubs and sleep till noon, that just means there's less time for mm. me, which mm -hmm. means basically she's saying, I, I want my mom. I want my attention. I want attention from my mom. But it's 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 almost like she was like, you know, she can go off and and do whatever she wants, but she still would like to have attention from her of mom. You know? She's protecting herself in that moment yeah. is what I felt. Lucy loves Sundays for dogs. She gets so excited around mealtime, and I love knowing that I'm feeding her something healthy. Sundays is air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade healthy ingredients. We feed Lucy the beef, and it comes in a nice colorful box that's easy to store and easy to serve. No more mess at mealtime. Sundays was co-founded by Dr. Tori, a practicing veterinarian, and it contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 0% synthetic nutrients. Besides USDA beef and all-natural chicken, you'll find digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger, plus disease-fighting antioxidants. Gertie loves Sundays. I have noticed an overall improvement in her skin, and I've noticed she hasn't been itching as much. Her allergies are like next level, but Sundays, after eating it, she's really itching less. Another added benefit is Sundays costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because Sundays doesn't waste money shipping frozen packages. Instead, they spend on what matters, sourcing the best all-natural ingredients for your pup. We worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash the OC or use code the OC at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash the OC. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. Then we go, we're going to go to tennis now. Enter Spencer, a.k.a. Brandon. <laughs> yeah. This is so funny. Like, I love all of this stuff so much. Like, this was another favorite storyline. It's so ridiculous and funny. <laughs> it, it's so ridiculous and funny. Uh, it was so fun to rewatch all of it. And, you know, you remember things. But it's funny going back to how Caitlin handled that situation. I remember working with Willa. Mm -hmm. and thinking how composed she was just as a, a human being at such a young age. And I wasn't like that. And I remember being very impressed. I'm like, oh, do you? I mean, I didn't know her personally, but I remember being impressed with just how just yeah, she was as cool as a cucumber. And, <laughs> and from what I saw from this episode, it's sort of how she seemed to portray her character as just somebody who's like, Whatever. Cool. Yeah. Okay. She's yeah. beyond right. her years. She's definitely mm -hmm. yeah. grew up in the Hollywood and has that, yeah. you know, that, that Hollywood royalty behind her. And, but do you remember your first day on set? I, I remember like, I remember pieces of it. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, obviously there are certain things I do remember very clearly and things that I don't. I remember, you know, doing the tennis stuff thinking, oh, this is fun. I hope I look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I distinctly remember having that thought, right. um, but it, I remember it being, yeah, like this really great fun day and it was so fun to watch it. And oh my gosh, you coming into the scene is one of the, oh my God, <laughs> it's unbelievable. You slayed it. it is so funny. And I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but I no. was dying laughing. It was so good. And she's talking to her um, personal trainer and saying, I want to see you again. She's like, wait a second. And then she does that. <gasps> she eyeballs your um, Spencer. And that's when she drops the glasses and says, easy girl. And walks up with this guy on the phone. 
and then hangs up on him. Yeah, the trainer. So ruthless. Ruthless. I'm obsessed. Oh, man. It's so good. It's oh so my God. good. And then later, the next day, when they're together playing tennis, and we start with this wide shot. And this is what I remember, because now Julie, and I, it's, I, I remember like, having some input on like, what is she going to wear for this outfit? And this is like, okay, this is a new thing we've never done before. Let's make my hair wild, big, sexy, crazy. And in the wide shot, you see Caitlin or Willis standing there. And I'm doing this. I'm like dancing back and forth, kind of just like, so and Willa is laughing at me in the wide <laughs> shot. But then she is. To, yeah. And then you cut to Willa's close up and she's pissed off as a character. But in the wide, she's just Willa laughing uh, at me. <laughs> oh I God. love the composition visually of that scene where I didn't notice that she was laughing. I just see, uh, from what I remember, it's like she's standing there super serious and you're just like dancing back and forth like you're a 16 year old. And it is. <laughs> It's the greatest <laughs> juxtaposition. And, and this is this big wide shot where you can see everything. Uh, it was so great. And this is when she's like, isn't it fun doing mother-daughter stuff? And Willa's like, no. Or Kayla's like, no, this is not fun. <laughs> it's awful. And I was talking about that in the last um, one podcast where I was like, this, I don't know if this is revealing too much, but I start feeling like that's when Julie started kind of rubbing off on me in real life. <laughs> did you have a tennis instructor mindy (laughs) not yet (laughs) (laughs) this is what i get episode yeah exactly the truth (laughs) i know no yeah you are so fun i really am loving (laughs) just loving it you guys are having a good time it looks like you too oh man yeah oh man (laughs) But in the meantime, yes. In so, the meantime. Poor, poor little Caitlin. She's just like. I know. And she really likes him. She really likes you. But she so does. Sad. But still, she's like, he's 25. She's 15. Like, you know, he and he's tisk, even saying, tisk. he's like, jailbait is not. No, you can't. Yeah. can't do that. Tisk tisk, I tell you. I don't know why um, Julie yeah. thinks she can do this in front of her daughter. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's she's really Julie. fascinating, actually. Yeah, yeah. she's Julie Cooper. But in the meantime, (laughs) our Sandy and Kirsten, who don't have, like we've been noticing, they don't have huge storylines right now, but they, because they're doing so well. But Sandy shows up in the new offices. I remember they built this new office for New Match. And it was, we walked in and I remember thinking, this is so cool. It was kind of modern and cool. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then Kirsten is worried because the, the client list she doesn't have enough money to buy this client list from a woman in in, in Laguna. Right. So she doesn't think the, the business is going to do well. And that is when Sandy says he mentions one of the next best guest stars on the show that I had so much fun with. He says that Gordon Bill- Bullet, the oil tycoon out of jail, so is available and in the form of Gary Grubbs. And what unique casting. <laughs> Finally. So great. They've been talking about Bullet. For the past three seasons, and I'm like, who was Bullet? <laughs> I could not remember. He's oh fantastic. God. Oh my! I God. loved him. I loved working with him. Yes, he's so much fun, and we became friends off screen. And I, we're gonna what get is to he talk from? to him. So the dude has literally like close to 200 acting credits. Everything he's been yeah. working yeah. for decades and decades. And I just thought it was such fun writing for somebody. 
and and his energy, this is what we're talking about, like new energy, helping the main cast. Like, you know, when you've been doing a show, mm. grinding it for a while, that new energy and, and he's no nonsense. He doesn't take himself too seriously. And yes, his he is so offensive, but it's funny. Yeah. And he gets even more offensive as the episodes go on. Oh, gosh. It's, it gets <laughs> really so bad. unapologetic about it. Right. 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 Oh, so man. good. So he ends already. up, but but Sandy <laughs> ends up inviting him to this this event to to right. to meet Julian Kirsten and like we'll see where that's going right and he's bigger than life and I do appreciate characters that are written bigger than life and are bigger than life because there are those in in life that are that big you know sometimes we oh, try to sure. be subtle in our acting but it's great to have characters that are and that's what I think season four is all about bigger than life yep. Bigger than Caitlin and her friends, they're going swimming and she wants to show up. And now I guess it's all, probably all the same day or something because um, she's got the, the the Luke twins and she wants to show she wants to show Spencer what she looks like in a bikini. In a bikini. And my goodness, could that skirt be any lower? I know. Right. Her little I'm such a, was the early I'm such 2000s. Right. Low rise. Right? Oh, yes. I, I have to be them. I think I forgot about this, Brandon. <laughs> this was like a makeout session. <laughs> it was so. I have a funny story about this. Uh oh. <laughs> um, you know those. You know those. Like um, you know, how, you know how we have like, these random memories. Yeah. That can date back as long as you can think. Uh, that for some you okay. So I had this random memory when I was five years old of walking into a grocery store uh, with my mother. And the memory is about three steps long. And I remember taking a few steps into the grocery store and looking to the left and seeing this penny horse we used to ride. And that's it. Mm. That's, that's the memory. There's nothing significant about it. I've walked into the grocery store with my mother one billion times as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it's so imprinted in my mind for whatever reason. I don't know why. I remember our kiss <laughs> so well. It's one of those memories <laughs> I don't know why that was imprinted on me for no, I mean, listen, I'm, I've been married for 20 plus years. Like mm-hmm. it's one of the, I think it was uh, in part, it was like one of my first on-screen kisses. Oh yeah. Ah. And, and uh, so that was a big deal for me. And I was like the new guy coming into this established show. And I, I just, I, I don't know if this is too much, but I remember us kissing and I remember thinking, Wow, she has really soft lips, <laughs> and, and and that's all I remember. She has of beautiful the day. lips. I, let me tell you. <laughs> and and I just remember it being like going on and on. I'm like, oh wow, we're really like this is they're doing. And then when you go back and watch, you're like, oh gosh, yeah, that's right. Like they're watching and they're having a whole conversation. So this has to go on. But it's one of those weird memories that I just I I very clearly that's remember. So funny. What well, was one of your first kisses? Did you learn early on that there's no tongue in television? I think that was something just innately I just figured out. Uh, you didn't slip one in? I didn't learn it by <laughs> by slipping one in. Like, oh, wait, we don't do that? Oh, shoot. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. No, um, uh, no, I, no, I remember when I saw the episode, when it first came up, I, I mean, I remember that it happened. I just didn't know where or how it happened. But I yeah. do remember thinking that because I think it's, um, I know what it's like to be a guest star on a show. You don't really know anybody. And I think it's important yep. to make guests feel comfortable. And, you know, at that point, it was like, okay, we're going to do this. Or it's, you know, but I do remember it being particularly long. But that being said, that was your, um, that was your introduction to the show. And we have a lot more Spencer coming up. But That's right. 
uh, summer now. So Rachel was shooting a film during this um, episode. She was doing this film Jumper and they were accommodating her her schedule. Not a lot of locations. <laughs> but not a lot of locations. Probably done in a oh, few Oh, to years. accommodate your shooting schedule? Yeah, yeah it's like I was probably worked a day or two <clears throat> just to get it all. place in the living room. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. But we meet pancakes. Yes. Well, finally. <laughs> pancakes. Pancakes. I was dying when Chris and I like roll into that lab in the janitor wear. Like, yeah. Like, all right, Betty, we got to go. Okay, Lou. Like, I was like, <laughs> what? I remember doing all of this and it was so fun. And it's pretty funny watching all of this whole thing unfold. This episode, I just swear, all of this stuff that you guys are doing is like, so y- you guys, you make, you make this plan, you steal the key, you come back later. I would say a very flawed plan of getting these bunnies out. Uh, how are they going to follow with, with a, a flute? flute. <laughs> this, is where, this is where it's getting a little wacky, right? Like, literally, Summer says, are you the Pied Piper? Like, and then I laughed out loud so hard when Brat takes out the flute. As, like, the door opens, the alarm's going off, and he's like, it was dead. Yeah. No. Oh my oh, goodness. It was what so a... silly. And I felt like, wait a second, these little bunnies taking off. And sure they enough. so cute. Yeah. We cut to uh, Summer's roommate, Amber, the promiscuous one, shall we say. She's there to the second time we've seen her. She's there to tell her that the dean's office wants to see her. And of course, Summer's instantly like, uh oh, why? Yeah. And then she tells her about the bunnies and says that they were only being socially. Yep. They fucked up. They fucked up. They li- loved, lived a pretty cushy life, although... I feel like their cages could have been a little bigger. Just saying. Yeah. And they need a little soft bottom, not any, they do. any Briar animal really, living on My daughter metal. really wanted a bunny two years ago. And I stupidly was like, absolutely not. We're getting a dog, which was like probably not the move. Although bunnies are very cute and they don't do much. But I feel like they're kind of a lot of work. We've had all, we've had every animal known to men. Oh, had really? A bunny for like six years. What's yeah. your report on the bunny? Like you said, they don't really do much. <laughs> uh, my my oldest daughter, she is the most responsible human being. Hmm. Uh, I I don't know how, I don't know where she came from. She's just one of those people <laughs> who just innately has it. Yeah. And she wanted a rabbit, and we got a rabbit, and and you've never seen something so perfectly cared for and Aww. loved, Aww. and and. Uh, um, in fact, and we brought it to LA and now she, she got older. I mean, excuse me, to Atlanta uh, when we moved here for the show. And, and, and then she's like 15, 16 and she's like, ah, I don't rabbit. I just, yeah, you know, and I, it makes sense. So we found a family to give this rabbit to, and we just found out that it passed away. <gasps> um, and it was so sad. I mean, I, I remember my daughter was, I don't know, uh, six when she, when, she, when we got this Aww. rabbit. And, and, and to think that it just passed, I don't know, it actually made me really sad, but he was like this great rabbit and he would like hang out with our dogs and our cat and it was, yeah, they were fun, but yeah, they don't, they don't do much. There's not a lot of like feedback from a rabbit. It's like owning a snake. It's like, oh, snakes are cool, but But do you you like me? It was, um, Bumper. Bumper, naturally. I just wanted to give a shout out to Thumper. That's, yeah, totally. Well, do it. So, but because of the rabbit. Uh, being under the bed, but then she gets called into the dean, and yeah. basically and they want to know. She does not sell Che out. She so she won't throw Che under the bus, but she won't give up the bunny. That's the one thing she won't do. Yeah, <laughs> She'll they're lie like, about there's still that. one bunny missing. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but then she finds out that Che, Che all of a sudden is Dude. like, oh. I was so angry at him. I was like, Che, what the fuck, man? What because happened? He now, so he, now he reveals himself as the gaslighting manipulator that he truly is because he starts with, he's a gaslighting manipulator. Well, because he he literally says, "Have I accomplished anything?" And of course, she's like, "Yes, you've accomplished so much." And he's like, "Well, they needed a scapegoat, so that's why you need to go down because the you know." And it turns out, like, what? Oh yeah, yeah. So right. it's so it's so. I just wrote, "Oh my god, asshole." I know. And then I thought, "Is this the last we see of him?" But apparently not, right? Oh no. We've got a oh, lot more coming Jay up. She lives on. Lives but on. Um, at the party, Sandy's wrap, wrapping up that speech. And Julie, okay, I'm just going yes. to set this tone. So this is the first time we're working with Gary Grubbs. And you can <laughs> see over, Julie's hitting it off with Bullet. And he's saying all these things. And he's doing this whole, you know, speech. And he's saying, bang. And I remember, this is not acting. Kelly and I were literally reacting yeah. to him in real time. When he grabs her, <laughs> Kelly's face is like, oh, God. And I'm just doing all of these funny things because we haven't had this kind of character or this kind of actor on set <laughs> literally just light, light, lighting things up and lightening things up, I, I should say. And yeah. it was so endearing. It was so refreshing. Anyway, but I do want to say Taylor shows up. And remember oh, when I was saying- yes. Remember when I was saying how embarrassed you get for characters? I remember my mm -hmm. first time this ever happened to me. I was watching the Brady Bunch, and when when they dressed up Jan to look cute for you, probably you guys are too old, but I mean too young. I remember the Brady Bunch when they dressed up Jan not all nice and pretty to impress a boy. I remember uh. being a young kid and being embarrassed for her, oh. and it stuck with me all these years that that would happen. And this time I was like, "Go, girl." You yeah. look so much better in this dress and this hair than you did. We won't say better, but she was out to get it. Better right? for the scene and for what she's trying to accomplish. Got it. No, so it. It's a better choice than the black dress. Not that. Ah, gotcha. That's what I mean. Better okay. than what she chose clarify. before to seduce him. <laughs> and her demeanor's different. But really quick, we have to say that Caitlin brings Spencer to the party. And Julie's like, what the yeah. hell? And what yeah. do we learn about Spencer, guys? Daddy. <laughs> Are you my new daddy? <laughs> yeah, totally. So sure enough, Kate, uh, Julie pulls Caitlin like, what are you doing? And that was business. And she says, and she says, but mom, what you've been doing with all these guys makes me want to barf. And finally, Julie goes, oh, my God, that is so fair. What am I doing? I mean, at least she's aware and owns up to it. And yeah. As soon as she owns up to it, her daughter says, it's OK. Like, if we could all just like fix things that quickly, right? But then she's like, but wait a second. How did you know that Spencer was Gordon's son? And she's like, mm. I didn't. What a weird coincidence, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the writer's going, this is coincidental, right? Yeah, just totally yeah. coincidental. I think there's a lot to be said about when people take accountability, right? Right, like, uh, Sometimes our natural, our natural defense is to be defensive. What? No, I didn't. Nah, nah. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you are confronted with an issue with somebody and they take total full responsibility for their part in something, it, it totally diffuses everything. Right. Like, sometimes that's all you just want. Like, it's fine. I, I all I, this is all I wanted right here was this. Thank you for hearing me and understanding. Let's move forward. I feel like that was that situation. That's a, that's like a, that's a secret to happiness if you can do that. Cause you're so mm -hmm. right. Because Absolutely. Julie, Julie could have easily said, wait a second, I'm a grown woman. I could do what I want. You I know. wasn't hurting anyone. Yep. But she, instead she went, I hear you and I hear your experience on it. And you're right. 
no problem. Let's move on. But then, so what does Caitlin do? She pulls him aside and she does, and he calls her, oh, if it isn't the little pot stir. And, and she says, you'd be so lucky to be in business with my mom. She's so smart. She got her, her ex-fiance's house. <laughs> she right. kept it. And, and if you want to have fun, then you should stick with my mom. And that so, does it. <laughs> right. But the other yep. thing that's going on is Ryan and Taylor dancing. I love this whole thing. It's And it's heartbreaking when she overhears at the bar that Ryan's like, I'm not going to date Taylor. Like, you right. feel it. And I felt it for her, you know? Right. Like, it was so, it, it felt so, and you know, because when Seth was out there and Sandy went to him and they were having this conversation, because Seth was anti-Taylor and Ryan. And Sandy, he was like, wait, you support this? And he said, yeah, Ryan needs that connection right now. So Seth all of a sudden was like, oh, cool. And now he wants to kind of forcibly say, hey, Ryan, she's really cool. She's great. Why don't you date her? And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. And she hears that. But then the next scene, again, even though it could be so sad with Ryan chasing after her and talking to her, there's something so unique about the way the writers wrote this where... <laughs> She just says what she's thinking. And he's like, how do you keep doing that? I love it. And I love uh, Ben in the scene and Autumn. And it's really sweet. Yeah, it is. You know, when when she says like, what, that that all after Volchek, you you have no feel, you, you you don't have the capacity to feel anything. And, and he's like, yeah, I don't. It's not about you. But still she, and can we be friends? And he's like, how does she keep doing that? It's so, it's so lovely. But um, in the meantime, yes. Bullet and the girls are back on. And so Seth goes home and Taylor's in his room and she presents that she has this tea to help with insomnia. But she's like, I don't want to give it to him. You give it to him because of what just happened. But then we see that she does. She makes him a cup of tea and brings it to him. Seth kind of dares her into it. He's like, I've never seen because now he's on her side. He sees the perception that Sandy gave him like he needs this. Don't give up. And he challenges her to do it. And he knows that she'll she'll be challenged to do that. And um, so when she goes out to give him the tea, in the meantime, Seth and Summer are catching up. Yes. It's very and cute. She doesn't tell him about Brown yet. They just need to catch up, right? Yeah, that she's getting kicked out. She, yeah, she doesn't tell him. That's a lot. That's big. That's big that's, news. That's big news. They haven't talked in a week. They're keeping right. it. They're keeping it breezy. Yeah. And then when Taylor brings the tea to Ryan, she basically is like, kiss me. And if you feel nothing, then. Right. Fine. Because he's like, wait, we already did that. And she's like, no, no, no. You kissed me, which was. I didn't kiss you. Yeah. Best kiss. And he's like, OK, one kiss. So she kisses him. And then when he, they break apart, he what does he do? He goes he's like, whoa. whoa. And she walks away and he says, whoa, and falls yeah. and sits <laughs> down. I. This is, I had an issue with the editing here. I thought they could have shown it in a way that was more impactful. That's all my, that's the all. The kiss? Yeah. I don't think it was super impactful. And did, I don't it know did, that I would have said like, whoa, after that. I didn't, exactly. It didn't create a whoa. And that, I think that was just like maybe Ian or that. I don't know. It just, just, just didn't, didn't have that impact that it did before. No, but, but you know what did? Is when we finally, Seth goes to Ryan and we see him asleep and the tea is still full. Right. That was a whoa. He needed a human connection to make his little soul go to sleep. And he got it. So he became the sleeping beauty. (laughs) The sleeping beauty. 
Yeah. And that is the episode. That's I'm so excited episode. to see your storyline, Brandon, because like I like we were saying, I've never seen it. I can't wait to see everything that goes down. Is there is there a reason you never watched the show? I'm I'm <laughs> curious. I didn't know. Well, is that like a whole thing that No. I mean, I never didn't watch it and my main thing is I have no memory. So even the things that we shot, like I don't remember any storylines or anything. So it's kind of like a combination. Right. So even if I did watch yep. it, I wouldn't remember a thing. So maybe right. I saw some of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you. I feel the same way. I was, I was uh, The things that I, I have a buddy who remembers everything, like literally everything. Uh, memories from when I was hanging out 20 years ago. He's like, dude, you remember that one? I'm like, no. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Do you remember that one time when we were, and you were like, I was like, no. no. Gosh, that sounds like we had a lot of fun together. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> well, and uh, I, It's a gift to have a strong memory. Yes. I think I remember it because I used to watch the show, and I'd break out the DVDs from time yeah. to time after a bottle of wine. But we have some voicemails for you. Oh, cool. Hi, Rachel, Melinda, and Brendan. My name is Tamiris. I'm a huge fan of the OC all the way from Brazil. And I have a question for Brendan. Um, your character had a lot of very funny and entertaining scenes. And I was just wondering if there's like a specific scene that whenever you think about it, you remember bursting into laughter. So yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. Bye. Bursting into laughter. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I remember a specific scene, but I do remember hanging out with Gary and uh, always laughing with him. He was just a I was so enamored by, like you said, this man's energy uh-huh. and and the way he sort of handled himself around everyone. And he was so, so endearing and accommodating and, and kind to me. But he was, um, he was just always so fun. And I remember this one time we would have these, we would have trailers. We were in the same trailer and it was a, it was a double. And we'd sometimes talk in between the walls just because it was funny. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I heard him get a knock on the door that he was ready to um, go to, that they were ready for him on set. <laughs> and I know it was, at least in my mind, this was sh- like sheerly for comedy's sake and for my ears only. He starts doing these voice exercises, but goes like over the top and really goofy with it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, me, 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 But like ridiculousness, <laughs> stuff that you wouldn't really even do. And I remember just cracking up thinking, I love this man so much. <laughs> Um, so that was Gary. Gary Grubbs was just the best. That's oh, awesome. man. I, I, yes, I concur. So that's a, that sounds exactly like some people that are out to make other people laugh in real life yeah. are just gems. They're angels. So And just no ego at all. No. Just, yeah. We're all equals. And right. was so great at imparting his wisdom. I don't know. I love the man. So, yeah, right. I remember laughing there in my trailer. Right. So close to set. Thank you for your question. Um, question number two is from Anonymous, I guess. Which one of your character roles has been your favorite and why? Obviously, this is for me. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, this is for Brandon, yeah. Oh, man. Um, it's one of my characters. Uh, you know, I played uh, a character, Gabe, on The Fosters um, for many seasons. And uh, that's probably up there for one of my favorite characters I ever played because it was the first time I, I felt like I played a role that was so polar opposite to who I was. And so you're learning uh, a completely different perspective and cadence and body language to the point where 
uh, I remember my first couple episodes, I would, I, I remember my first episode, I was constantly going up to the director, just being like, am I, am I there? Like, it's so foreign to me. I, I feel like I'm doing nothing. And, and just like, just have to trust, trust it's there. Yes, we're there. Um, so I, I learned so much as a human and as an artist playing Gabe on the Fosters because it was just so opposite to who I was. And I had such a great time filming that show. Let's say that one. Awesome. That's a good one. Thank you for your question. Hi, Melinda and Rachel. My name is Kerry. I'm from the UK, uh, from Scotland. Huge fan of the OC. Um, it was a massive part of my university years, and I've rewatched it God knows how many times since then. So I've been loving the podcast, although I'm a little bit anxious knowing that Series 4 is upon us, and I'm really hoping you guys have got something else up your sleeves for when Series 4 wraps. Um, my question to you is, if the OC had done a musical episode, uh, like has been very popular with other shows, what song would your characters have sung and in relation to what storyline? Um, and also, I'm just going to take advantage and give my friend Blair a huge shout out because he was the one that put me on to this podcast in the first place. So thank you, Blair. Um, and thank you very much, ladies, for listening to my question. Have a good day. That's a good one. It's a really good Yeah, question. we know the music is very important in the OC. Ju Julie already did that. I mean, m my favorite was every snow rose has its thorn. Every, <laughs> yeah, that one. So I, I would just say that Julie kept singing that one. Gosh, I don't know. I feel like that's a question I'd need to think about for a little bit. What would you guys say? Does anything come, on, come to mind with... For you. Second, you see Spencer and Kayla. Yeah. Julie is either. I got two lovers. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Julie's either Bob Seger or Bon Jovi. Poison. She's all about that metal heavy. The metal bands, uh, glam bands, whatever you call them. I feel like you're like um, Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> yeah, Goo Goo Dolls. That's like great. Oh my god. Spencer was probably Backstreet Boys. I don't know. Oh, that would oh, be funny. Oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> is that, is that yeah. Backstreet Boys? Bye bye. Yeah. Okay. I think. Sorry, no, that's in sync. That's in sync. Mindy and songs. I know, the, I know the tunes, but. Oh, my God. What if that was just your song? Like you entered the tennis court, and every time you do, it's like. So back amazing. Streets back. Ba, 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 all right. <laughs> all right. That's Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Uh, You're confusing Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I'm taking offense. Oh, I see. I'm so sorry. When, I was when it totally comes... in sync, though. I was never Backstreet. I was like always all about really? NSYNC. Oh, yeah. Mm, I okay, feel like yes. they were interchangeable, but I don't want to step on any toes here. Don't, don't you dare say don't interchangeable. <laughs> I am super offended. <laughs> so, Brandon Quinn, it has been so lovely so to nice. see you. And yes. we're so, oh. so genuinely happy for your success. Say hello to Deb Fisher for us. She was one of our first, um, you know, creator of Ginny and Georgia and one of our first guests. Yeah. And um, so, so, and you work with Norman Buckley on that. It's so great that, and you, I mean, it's so great to always work with some of the same people that you started with too, isn't it's it? It's the best. It's amazing. Norman and I were talking about that this past season, how I've worked with Norman over the course of three decades. Wow. And and uh, I first met him on, on the OC. That's and, so cool. And then I worked with him on the Fosters. And it's funny when, so we actually moved out to um, 
out to Atlanta before I even booked the show. And that's a whole podcast in and of itself uh-huh. why we came out here. But I had been here long enough to where I was feeling, I mean, I was in LA for 25 years and it was home and I, I raised my kids there and we were on the same street for 15 years and we're in this strange city. And I was, I mean, it's so opposite to California and LA and the West. And I was starting to feel really homesick. And I get this call back for our series and and I walk into this. It was, in fact, it was the last room I've ever walked in before the pandemic hit. And now I don't know if we'll ever go in rooms again, but it was the last room. And I walk in all these people and I look and I see Norman there. And and I I almost, I literally almost start to cry. I, I wanted to like... I wanted to run over and, and, and like squeeze him because I was like, he like represented so much to me and <laughs> home and familiarity and, and, and the West. And it was one of the greatest, I don't recall seeing somebody's face and feeling so just, I was almost like an almost like, okay, everything's going to be fine. It was, it was so amazing. So I, I adore Norman. And as you guys know, I mean, he's so talented and mm-hmm. so insightful and wise and, and, uh, he's so great to work with and I, I love his directing style and, and, you know, I love the way he approaches his work through being an editor and that informs everything he does. And I, he's just, it's great. And I feel fortunate to have been able to work with him so many times in my career. That's awesome. Well, I concur and I'm looking forward to the next kiss. So that being said, <laughs> <laughs> we work together again one day, Brandon. <laughs> yes. Thank but you. Thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Thank such a great time. So, so fun going down memory lane with you. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. And uh, I'm so glad kudos to what you're doing. And- yeah. I'm so glad you finally came on. So thank you all so much for listening. Follow, rate, and review. Welcome to the OC Bitches, wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you like to watch us, check it out on YouTube. And you can now listen to bonus features as well as season one and season two of the OC Bitches on Cast Plus. Bye, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you. Bye, Brandon. Thanks. See ya. Welcome to the OC Bitches is brought to you by Cast Media. Executive produced by Colin Thompson, Harris Lane. Produced by Katie Kurtwright. Edited by Parker Flores and our technical engineers, Travis Holden and Dustin Park.